Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is happening, gang? We are jacked to bring you this week's episode of the Inside Football Podcast with Bill Pulling. In today's episode, we dive into skill. That's right. We dive into the offensive skill players in the 2021 NFL Draft. We go through running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. And there might just be a certain tight end who has found his way into the wide receiver category. So get ready. This is truly a unique window into Bill's mind in terms of how he sees these players, who he likes, who he's got some concerns about, and maybe find out who a couple of Polian guys are. And let me tell you, one of the guys that I love happens to be a guy Bill loves. So we have a couple of really fun moments in today's episode. But before we dive into the show, we wanted to take a minute to thank one of our sponsors for today's episode. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. They've got everything. They've got reality shows. You can do prop bets. You can do it all with Bet Online. They have you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets. Best of all, it's free to sign up. So head over to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag or use your mobile device and sign up today. And oh yes, you get a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. So what are you waiting for? Let's do it. This is a great episode of the show. So sit back, relax. This is the Inside Football Podcast with Bill Polian, and this is our look at the skill position players in the 2021 NFL Draft. All right, gang, we are live. We got the pre-chat, me annoying Bill about who I think Polian guys are, and we are ready to roll. How are we doing today, guys? Good, thank you. Yeah, yeah, we're ready, Scott. All right, well, to set the stage, it's the much promise. We're going to dive into the skill position players in the 2021 draft. We're going to hit running backs first, then dive into wide receivers and end with tight ends. Let's do it, Rick. I think the floor is yours. Thank you. So, Bill, just uh, sort of some thoughts to sort of set the context and get your reaction here. So, um, setting the stage uh, for our running back discussion, two things come to mind. One is... You've often said that to build a winning team, and certainly a team that has to go all the way, can go all the way, you have to be able to run. But number two is that in the last 10 drafts, there have been only 16 first-round picks at running back. It seems like most teams feel they can get the necessary talent from lower rounds, building out running back by committee, and will only use first-rounders on extraordinary dual-threat guys like Christian McCaffrey, uh, Saquon Barkley, and Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott. Is that what you think it will take for somebody to crack round one this year? Yes, sure. Uh, it, it has nothing to do with the position. It has to do with the capabilities of the player. You know, when you draft a running back in the first round, you want him to be. You want him to have size. McCaffrey 
ironically, does not have great size and got hurt. Uh, secondly, you want them to have overwhelming speed and acceleration and change of direction and all those kinds of things. So he has to be a legitimate first rounder. You don't you don't take a and, and it, by the way, he has to average more than five yards per carry during his college career. Uh, you don't take a, a, a mediocre back in the first round. But if there's a if there's an outstanding back in the first round, take them and don't look back because the success rate is overwhelmingly positive, overwhelmingly positive. In fact, if you go back and look at, uh, and I didn't do the exercise, but I've done it in the past. You go back and look at uh, the backs in the Hall of Fame. They're all the vast majority of first rounders. It's very true. So, so the idea that you don't take one in the first round is nonsense. Right. So, but but there's only one or two of those guys. Yeah, typically there's one, two, maybe three if you if you happen to have a good year. But maybe three. Yeah, yeah. The first rounders are there's only eighteen of them on average. So you know, <laughs> real first rounders. Right? Real first rounders. Yeah, that's what you're talking about here. Real first rounders. Dave Gettleman was one hundred percent correct. Jason Garrett was one hundred percent correct when they said, you know, we're we're this. We hope this guy ends up with a gold jacket. That that would be the best of all possible worlds. Well, that's what happens. Edger and James ended up with a gold jacket. Uh, the the you know people were weeping and wailing and carrying on. You can't take him there, and it's a waste of talent. And nobody ever heard of him anyway. Well, you'll hear of him on the 11th of August when he makes his speech. Right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, all right. So, in a follow up. My vibe with from just a fan perspective, this year's running back group, this is a lot of specialists as a group, not a lot of full package kind of backs. Is that is that accurate? Uh well it's accurate to a point. I, I Najee Harris is 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 the real deal. I, I think that Javante Williams is is a is a full package. Um so is Michael Carter, except for the size. Um so I think that's a that's a, a little bit of a a, a a little bit of a misstatement, but keep in mind with the with the pure air raid or air raid light, which is what many colleges run, one back shotgun. Um, you're seeing a different type of back now playing in, at the at the college level. Um, Najee Harris plays in an offense where they take more than 50% of their snaps under center. So that requires a different back than does the does the shotgun. And the difference between Najee Harris and Travis Etienne points that out very clearly. Uh, so the question of, as Bill Parcells once said, we're captives of what the colleges send us. Right. So if the colleges are sending us sort of one-dimensional or two-dimensional backs then that's what we have to play with. Very mm -hmm. true. Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, there's a term they've been throwing around a lot this year, Bill. Uh, contact balance. How how real is that, and how do you measure it if if it's real? It's it's just overkill uh, uh, with the English language. How do you measure it? It's called balance, and okay. it means running through tackles or bouncing off tacklers. That's what it means. Contact balance is a redundancy. Well. The complex loves it. It is the term yeah. du jour this year. Yeah, yeah, and 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 the next thing you know, we'll be measuring it and putting a number on it, and 
And then we'll be getting percentages of pure contact balance versus semi-contact balance, <laughs> right. which is it's just a good way to waste time. If you have, right. I'm old, so I don't have that time left, so I, I, I don't want to waste it on nonsense. Right. <laughs> like arm talent. <laughs> right. Balance As opposed balance. to what? Leg talent? Hip right. talent? All right. So in the interest of not wasting any more time, let's dive in. Rick, who is first? the first candidate up today? So we're going to talk about Najee Harris. Bill, um, is there any concern about his upright running style? No, no, not at all. I think he's the best, uh, the best prospect in the draft. 1,464 yards, 5.8 a carry, uh, 26 touchdowns. I think he, he, outstanding balance, outstanding power to run through tackles, outstanding avoid. Instant acceleration when he catches the ball, really good hands. Uh, he'll block. Uh, good in the passing game, has a good feel for it. Violent uh, yards after after catch when he runs the football. So um, the complete package. Uh, in terms of comp, do you see a little Steven Jackson in his game? No, not really. Okay. I, I, I think he's got more shake and bake than Steven Jackson. And then you made the point and kind of running through him. How underrated are his pass catching skills? Very. Uh, you know, he's such a, a really good runner, and he's 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 such a, a slam bang runner, uh, and such fun to watch with the ball in his hand. You get excited about that. But he's really underrated in terms of of pass catching skills. He's got snatch hands. He can. Uh, he has a feel for getting open. All of that kind of stuff. So he's he's a complete back. He'll step in and I think play right away. The only thing you worry about him is, um, you know, he's 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 got, he's been uh, a, a workhorse at Alabama, albeit, albeit in the secondary role for the first two years, um, and and now he's you know he's a guy that running backs take a lot of hits. So back to the original premise: don't draft one in the first round. If you look at the numbers and you and you and you look at production over time in the league, which is all that counts, what you really should do is take one in the first round and then don't give them a second contract. They're burned out by that. Right. Uh, yeah. But but if if you're if you're going to do it purely by the numbers, that's what the numbers tell you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Bill, in terms of your boarding, is Najee a blue? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Look at that gang. Here yeah. we go. You heard it here. We got a blue. And you got a yes. Yeah, that's what we want. All right, Rick, next contestant on the board. Yeah, exactly. Let's talk about Mr. ATN. Okay, Travis ATN, the, the numbers I'm giving you are, uh, are I, I presume, are verified. Uh, 5'10", 215. Um, he ran only for 933, uh, 933 yards this year. Uh, 5.6 average, which is perfectly fine. 14 touchdowns. Um, he had actually had a better year as a junior uh, with, with more people around him and a, and a, and a better offensive line. Um, he's, he's got explosive speed. He's got acceleration in the hole, which is an absolute must in the National Football League. If you can't accelerate in the hole, you can't play in the National Football League. It's really that simple because uh, the holes close up so much more quickly than they do at the college level. His balance is fine. He's got home run speed. Uh, there's no question about that. Uh, I've got him at 4-4-1, four, four, 
Uh, he did not do a triangle drill, which disappointed me. Uh, and, and he's got a, a, a 34 vertical, which is, per, which is fine. Um, 32 and above is fine. Uh, the triangle worries me because I, I see a straight liner here. I see a guy who's a straight line runner. And I wonder if he didn't do the triangle because he didn't want to. Uh, but but the, the bottom line is um, a good, serviceable back. Um, he, he can hit home runs. Uh, he, he's somewhat limited in the passing game because he doesn't run a lot of real crisp routes. They don't have a big route tree for him. And I don't think he really has perfectly natural hands. Um, so you give him a little bit of a, a ding on that. But um, he's still going to be a very valuable back for you. Two downs, he'll gain yardage. Uh, he's a he's a solid back. I see him as a as a you know a low blue hybrid. And you know uh, people talk again, but you, you really answered it. You know they talk about lack of tr- you know sort of an overuse tread on the tire and so on and so on. But again, it, it's first contract. Get it, get everything he's got left in. And that's it, right? I mean, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, you know, and, and, and don't forget, when you talk about overuse tracks on the tires, uh, OJ, once uh, it, it, John McKay, who coached him, once famously said, when asked about if he was overusing him at USC, said he doesn't belong to a union. He can carry the ball as much <laughs> as, he, as we want him to. And he carried it a hell of a lot and then came into the NFL and did okay. Yeah. Uh, more than okay. So uh, that's overrated. Once once you get once you get the, the well, injuries are not overrated, but Travis hasn't had one, and and Najee Harris hasn't had one. So if they come in clean, the idea of tread on the tire that's again that's something somebody thought up in a bar one time, and it sounded good. So <laughs> let's throw it out there, you know. All right. Well, speaking of fun bars, let's dip into the well in Chapel Hill. Rick, hit us up with who's next. Yeah, so how about Javante Williams, Bill? Tell us your thoughts on him. Uh, I really like this guy. I I, I think he's a dynamic back. I don't know where he's going to end up going. I think higher than people think, higher than the gurus think. He's 5'10", 220, so that's ideal size. Um, 1,168 yards. In a, in a multi-back running back system this year, 7.4 yards per carry. Ooh. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 20, uh, 19 touchdowns, 24 catches for 276 yards, which is, which is darn good. He's got really good balance. He's got really good avoid. He's fluid. Uh, he accelerates in the hole. He gets yards after contact. He's very good running routes, and he's got snatch hands. So this is a guy that's going to step in. He's probably going to get drafted in the second round, maybe bottom of the first, and uh, and and the gurus are going to poo-poo him. And then uh, starting in September, everybody will say, wow, where did Javante <laughs> Williams come from? Right. Yeah, well, right. Chapel Hill. Right. <laughs> Hey, hey, Bill, take it, when you have to take into account, you know, and we'll get into him next with Michael Carter, do you take into account the two-back system in your evaluation? How does that factor in when you've got two excellent backs coming out in the same sort of thunder and lightning class? Well, it reduces your um, total yardage. 
but I never paid much attention to the total yardage as long as it was reasonable. It's the average per carry that tells you the story. And as I said, um, in, in our system, and, and the guys that, are, that, that I worked with that are still working in the league kid me about it all the time. There, there are two things that they've never forgotten. They, they kid about, they, they tell their staffs, I can't take a back, I can't take a guard in the first round because Bill will disown me from the family if I do. <laughs> and secondly, don't break on Benny back that has an average five yards per carry <laughs> and at the college level. Now, th- those were not hard and fast rules, uh, but, 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 and of course, there are exceptions. Uh, Indianapolis's guard from Notre Dame being the, being the prime example, Quentin Nelson. If he's going to be John Hanna, you can take him in the first round. Yeah, that's, that'd be a good idea. <laughs> uh, but but they're, they're really good guidelines because if you go back and look at, at, at the use of picks in the, certainly in the top 10, top 15, and you look at, at backs who have averaged less than five yards per carry at the college level, they don't succeed at a high rate in the NFL. So, I mean, the, the, those... Those rubrics are are real. Uh, so the short answer is I don't worry too much about the total yardage. The fact that it's more than a thousand in, in a twelve game college season is is just saying something. And uh, and the fact that he's got a running mate that gained twelve hundred and forty five yards is uh, you know tells you that they're they're doing something right with the running game. But that's Mac Brown. That's why would you expect anything different? Right. Bill, when you when you look at guys um, and their their running style, uh, do certain teams or certain kinds of offenses pop into your head as to, you know, like somebody like this? We 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 were talking uh, uh, before about the Roonies. Would, would 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 like the Steelers come to mind with the downhill running style kind of thing, or is is that not something where you can make that pairing this uh, this soon in a guy's career? Well, it's not the Steelers, but yes, you can you can you can make the pairing, uh, the Shanahan run game, if you will, um, the Denver run game, uh, which is the the younger brother of the San Francisco Bill Walsh West Coast run game, is a one cut and go run game, and they are less concerned with avoid. They're less concerned with deep speed. They're they're more concerned with balance, decisiveness, vision, and acceleration in the hole. Those are the important things. They will take a back and frequently do who runs 4-6, sometimes even 4-7, if he has all the other things. And that's why they get backs way down in the draft who you've never heard of, Matt Breida, people like that. Right. That can't, I mean, we've heard of them, but but the average fan hasn't, and certainly the gurus don't. But they, th- those guys are are really, uh, those guys are really uh, productive in the Shanahan slash San Francisco run game. Yeah. Uh, and that's a pure zone run game. It's an outside zone, inside zone attack. One cut, go, run through the linebacker. That's that's what they do. And so there are backs that are perfectly suited to do that. 
you know, that's why I guess you always hear, oh, you put anybody in the Denver offense and they're going to be a great running back. Because, But you've identified it's not anybody. It's guys with a very specific skill set. You just may not have heard a lot about them. That's, that's all. That's right. They have a very specific skill set. That's right. So let's move on to Javante's uh, teammate, Michael Carter. Talk about him, would you? Well, Michael is uh, is 5'9", 199, so he's a little on the small side. You, the 5'9 doesn't worry me. After all, MJD was 5'8", so you don't, you don't worry about that. He played a long time, by the way. Uh, the, number, the number was 5'10", before MJD came in, but then after he proved it, the number went down. So 5'9 <laughs> is, is not a worry. Hey, Joe Morris. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> yeah. 199 is, is a bit of a worry uh, because, you know, you, you, that's a little light. You, you worry about blocking in, in, the, in the pass game and you worry about taking hits. But as a, for production, uh, 1,245 yards, 7.9 YPA. <laughs> so you have two backs at Carolina, one of which averaged 7.4 yards and the other averaged 7.9, and... Uh, Seven, six and a half ain't bad on the combined. That is not bad. Uh, 25 catches for Michael for 267. Uh, he's got excellent acceleration. He's got excellent vision. He's got excellent avoid. He's got excellent quickness, agility, and balance. I love his routes. I like his hands. He's got fourth gear. I worry a little bit about blitz pickup, but I think he's going to be a solid, solid, solid third down back. Think Giovanni Bernard, who was a lead back for two years, and then because of the pounding that he took, they reduced him to a to a, uh, a, a third down back, and now he'll go to Tampa and rejuvenate his career. And, and probably make the Pro Bowl playing with Tom Brady. So, uh, you know, th- this guy's the same guy in my view. Hey, another Carolina guy. Something, yep, yeah. something in the water. Absolutely. I mean, so uh, you want to make the NFL running backs go to the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill. Hark hey. the call of Tar Heel voices. There and you a go. very good time. Okay. So um, how about uh, Kenny Gainwell? What's, what's your take? Kenny Gainwell, Gainwell is uh, a smaller version of the kid that is playing for the Washington football team, Gibson. Um, they played the same position. Kenny set out this year because he had a number of people in his family who had uh, underlying conditions. So this was a perfectly understandable reason. Um, when he was playing with Gibson, because of the way this offense is structured, he played both in the slot as a wide receiver and as a running back, as did Gibson. And when I was watching Gibson on tape, this guy, the, the substitute, kept jumping off, jumping off the tape. And I said, who is this guy? <laughs> well, it turned out to be Kenny Gainwell. Uh, he's 5'11", 195, 1,168 yards, 7.4 yards a carry. Thank you very much. There are people at the college level who obviously can't stop the run. (laughs) Uh, 18 touchdowns, 24 catches for 276. He's got 
excellent acceleration, excellent balance, excellent agility, excellent ability to make you miss, which is called avoid. He finishes every run. His routes are outstanding. His hands are outstanding. His feet as a, as a, uh, a receiver are very, very good. He can play the slot because uh, he's done it at the college level. Um, his only deficit, the only negative I have on him is size. He ran a 4-4-2-40. I presume it's verified. Um, it's probably, a, if not an erroneous, a, 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 a charitable presumption. But uh, uh, and he, we don't have a triangle drill on him, but I don't worry about his triangle drill because I've seen him do plenty of shake and bake. So um, this is a guy who's going to be a, a third down back for sure. He's going to contribute. I bet he's got some returnability. The first thing I would do would be to try him with that 4-4-2. I'd, I'd try him as a return guy, uh, particularly with kickoffs. And, uh, and, and, you know, he'll make and contribute. Could he be a little like Curtis Samuel 2.0? Yes. Too? Yes, he could. Uh-huh. But I think he's a better runner than Curtis Samuel. I think you're going to want the ball in his hands. He's a little bit of a poor man CMC. That's really okay. what that's really what he is. There we go. This feels like a Polian guy, maybe a little bit. Um, yeah, I think so. Uh, Bill, but Bill <laughs> tells us who the Polian guy is. I got are. a hunch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Now now to my favorite name in this year's draft, Chubba Hubbard. <laughs> yeah, he he's he's a Canadian, by the way. Um so he, he kind of came to football, uh, high-level football, late in his career. Um, not that that's, that's anything to – it's not a knock on him. Um, he, he, uh, he had a better year as a, as a junior. He's 6'1", 207, which is fine, so the, 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 the size is fine. Um, the, the, he, he, he had 627 yards this year, 4.7 average. But he averaged 6.5 as a junior. So he hit the number uh, with a better team and a better quarterback, which is fine. 18 touchdowns, 24 catches for 276 yards. Um, I, I, uh, I like his, I'm sorry, he had only eight catches for 10 yards. I like his acceleration. He's very fluid. I like his vision. He's got fourth gear, home run speed. If you get him out in the open, he can go. I like his routes. I like his hands catching the ball. Uh, I do not like his size for blitz pickup. I don't think there's a lot of pop right there. He's a little bit of a linear guy. Um, and he and and let's stop right here, and I'll insert a, a little vignette. John Butler, the late John Butler, God rest his soul, who was our scouting director, both with the Chicago Blitz and then during our heyday with the Buffalo Bills, and later became general manager of the San Diego Chargers, um, was orienting the scouts uh, before they went into their first meeting with Coach Levy, because we'd all been together with the Chicago Blitz. And he said, now, unless a back has a really serious fumbling problem, meaning there are a lot of fumbles. Don't mention it. Because if coach hears the word fumbler, a switch goes <laughs> off in his mind and the guy is dead. Right. Forever. <laughs> so, forever. Forever. 
as, as dead people usually are. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yes, he wasn't partially dead. He was completely dead. <laughs> Not mostly dead. <laughs> so. <laughs> Bill and I, Bill and I quote the Princess Bride all the time. <laughs> <laughs> the coach Levy just could not stand fumblers, so uh, you know, and, and he would ask too, "How many fumbles does this guy had?" <laughs> so Chuba's had some fumbling problems, and I'm I'm not sure that coach would be r- real happy with him. Um, coach Levy also, when he didn't. When he didn't really like a player, if he went, ah, you know, and gave you a sort of a one-handed wave off, that would be okay. John Butler famously said, if he gives a two-handed wave off, just forget the guy. Don't even mention his name. Two hands. Don't even mention his name again. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's Chuba. Uh, I like him. I think he's – I think – he will be, uh, a, you know, a second-round draft choice, and he has a chance to help somebody, but he does have to clean up the fumbles, that's for uh, sure. You know, um, you know, Bill, he um, he only played seven games right. in his senior year, right? right. And, and, and his junior year, he led the nation in, in rushing, so right. he's a, he really had a very productive career. I mean... Yes, uh, he did. He did. He had an extremely productive career and, uh, and did a very nice job as a junior. Loving Hunter and... Uh, I'm sorry... Uh, 6.5 yards per carry. So that's perfectly fine. Yeah, that's good. And and it's it's important to note if the guy does it once in his career, he he can do it again. It's 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 not it's in his body. Yeah. 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 All right. On to the wide receivers. Uh, okay. On to the wide receivers. Here we go. So so Bill, uh you know the the, the 2020 class of receivers um, C.C. Lamb and Justin Jefferson and Jerry Judy and T. Higgins and Chase Claypool uh, and Brandon Ayuk put up the you know huge big time uh, numbers for their rookie year. Um, the the draft industrial complex, or maybe we should just call them by an acronym DIC. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they're touting this year's class as perhaps. The equal of last year's. What do you think? You know, I'm skeptical of of touts. You know, the term tout, at least in my experience, comes from the racetrack. (laughs) Yes, it does. You know, the tout's the guy that's at the racetrack with the dirty trench coat and 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 the racing form. And he comes up to you, you know, while you're about on the betting line and he says... In the fifth race, the seven horse. I got it from the trainer. It's good. That's right. That's right. That's, that's a tout. It's the uh, the Damon Runyon character. Exactly. He's a Damon Runyon character. And and, and you can go broke listening to the touts. So, <laughs> so, uh, that's why they're touts. They don't have any money. They're just talking to everybody else. That's exactly right. If they were so smart, they wouldn't be giving away tips. So... Uh, the I'm a little skeptical of that. Having said that, I think there are um, some players, some wide receivers in this class that are going to do awfully well. There are some who have big names that I, I 
I'm a little skeptical about in just in terms of being real impact guys in the National Football League. But we'll talk about it as as we go through the the process. So, you know, what in terms talk big names, so why don't we start with a really big name, Devonta Smith? All right, Devonta Smith is a big name because he won the Heisman Trophy, which means zero in the <laughs> National Football League. Right. There is zero correlation. <laughs> between winning the Heisman Trophy and doing well in the National Football League. Uh, So uh, putting that aside, Devonta is 6'1", 170 pounds. Um, I guess he weighed in on his pro day at 177, but I think that's a a pro day weight. Right, that's a couple Uh, of... Couple of things in your pockets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's a couple of whoppers and a few pizzas, and yeah, and you're exactly. good to go. Yeah. And yeah. and you're good to go. Yeah. Dinner the night before was a full sausage pizza and a couple of whoppers. You know, it's like the reverse of the boxing weigh-in, where the guy the next day the guys weigh twelve pounds more. Exactly. Um, so we're going to say one seventy, and as we said, um, in, in in the scouting profession, uh. Uh, experience tells us that as these guys mature, they'll have one more growth spurt, usually between ages 23 and 25, and and it's going to be five pounds. So add five pounds and say that Devonta is going to be somewhere in the 180 range when he when he finally gets there at 6'1". So that puts him um, an inch, just about an inch taller and exactly the same weight as Marvin Harrison. And when you watch him, uh, what what you see is basically a Marvin Harrison-type player. Exceptional flexibility, exceptional hands, exceptional ability to accelerate. Um, I don't have a 40 time on him, but I did a little... um, sidebar scouting uh, off the tape, which is reasonably accurate. So I'm going to say 4-4 would have been right on the money or better. Um, Not a real, no injury history to speak of with, with, uh, despite the fact that he's a little on the small side. Now, he didn't play a lot because they had two great receivers last year. Alabama, it really is the 33rd franchise. So they, right. those guys just, you know, just keep coming through. And first-rounders sit for their first two years because, uh, you know, because there's just there are first-rounders in front of them. Uh, but when, when, he's, when, he's, when he's in the game, um, he makes plays. He's an outside receiver. Uh, he's going to work outside the way Marvin did. He's going to work the deep post the way Marvin did. He's, he's, uh, I, I like his ability to both release with quickness and agility and then make every route sort of look the same the way Marvin did. Now, he's not as polished as Marvin yet, but there are a lot of physical similarities, um, and he's a game-breaker. Now, um, he's a guy like Marvin that's going to learn, have to learn how to get the grabbers off him because the way to beat 
a person like Marvin Harrison is to grab him down the field, grab him at the top of the route, uh, shove him at the top of the route, uh, shoulder him. As, as when, when he beats you, reach out and grab his jersey, grab him by the wrist. He's going to have to learn, Devonta's going to have to learn to, to, to beat that in the league because he runs by everybody at Alabama. I mean, it ain't close. So he's going to have to learn to do that. And, and Marvin famously one day in practice was, got, was grabbed by a DB. Actually, he was in a scrimmage with another team. Uh, and, uh, and boy, I mean, they might as well have had long Sherman hooks with them. You know, <laughs> any, any time he got separation, whoops, back of the jersey, you know, whatever. And, uh, um, and he came back and it, Marvin said very little, almost any time. He came back and he said, they're holding me every play. And Tom Moore said, don't be held. (laughs) (laughs) Figure it out. Well, figure it out means you you might have to punch the guy in the gut. You might have to elbow him someplace. Um, You no longer can cut him, which Marty Schottenheimer famously um, said was an antidote to being grabbed. Uh, That's no longer longer, uh, kosher. Uh, But... That's what he's going to have to adjust to, is people muscling him in the NFL. Um, And if he can fight his way through that, as Marvin did, then he'll be fine, I think. Bill, I think it's a good example of, you know, what you're talking about, you know, making the the, sort of the move up in class. Because when you watch him at Alabama, he is 10 yards open by the time he's at the end of the route. I've never seen anything like it. It's amazing. Right. (laughs) Yeah. All right. how, uh, how about uh, Jamar Chase? What, what's your take? He opted out, but yeah, he's sort of the he's sort of the reverse of Devonta Smith. Um, I don't have a forty on him. The 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 rumored word on the street is four three eight. I don't buy that. I don't buy. Yeah, that. I don't either. <laughs> because if it was real, we'd have seen it in a workout. Number one, exactly. And I don't see it on the tape. And Jefferson was the better receiver, by the way, in my opinion, when they were playing together. Not that he's bad. He's not. But I think he's 6'1", 200. So he's 30 pounds, 25 pounds heavier than Devonta. Um, He is a really powerful, solidly built, uh, you know, quality receiver he had uh 84 for 1780 in in 19 21.2 and 20 touchdowns um so those numbers are actually better than Devonta's um but you know he he's he's a he's a very solid player my question is in the what's the real speed that's not to say he won't succeed. He will. Um, I don't think he's as quite as good a route runner and 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 setter upper of DBs as Jefferson was. Uh, Jefferson was special. I mean, real, and of course has been special. Jefferson is a little more of a, a little more of a strategic receiver, I think, than Jamar, but. 
that's not to knock him. There's nothing to knock here. This is an outstanding, outstanding football player. I just would like to see a speed, and I would like to see a triangle drill. And word on the street doesn't do it for me, because if he did that, you, you'd see tape of it. Exactly. I mean, how my sense is with him, the year off might really affect his development. It's a tough position to come in in the league and play. Didn't play last year. There's only one really that one year in 2019 at college football. It could be a development process with Jamar. Um, well, look, it is for everybody, but the year off is a concern. It, no matter what position it is, the year off is a concern because you have to get back into football shape. You have to get back into thinking like a football player and not like somebody who's who's prepping for draft tests. You, you have to get your body back into the mode of being hit. Um, and then you have to, at the same time, learn a new offense and adjust to a, um, uh, to, to a level of competition that's like nothing you've seen before. And, and the year layoff doesn't lend itself to that. Now, guys who lay off a year because of injury have the biggest hurdle of all, which is can my body do what it used to do before the injury? That's the psychological hurdle that you have to get through. He doesn't have that because he hadn't been injured, but he still has some adjusting to do, and to do it at a much higher level of competition is a bit of a concern. Uh, I, I would expect that that he won't be the instant hit that um, that uh, Jefferson was, but uh, um, not many you know, people are. Not many people are. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. All right. Um, let's let's take him at this point. Uh, obviously, he's a tight end, but let's talk about the uh, Mr. Kyle Pitts. Well, Kyle Pitts is his position is listed as tight end, but he's a wide receiver in a in an in an F tight end body. That, that, that's really what he is. Mm -hmm. uh, if you want to make him a 6'5", 235-pound slot, be my guest, because <laughs> right. that's what he'll yeah. be. That's what he'll be. And he's almost a new kind of person. He's, he's almost a new species of player, because he is a big, fast, flexible, athletic, naturally gifted receiver who happens to be listed as a tight end. And occasionally they, they attach him and ask him to get in the way and block somebody. But that's not what you want him to do. You want to put him about seven yard, five to seven yards from the offensive tackle as the number two man or the number three man uh, in in a in a dual or or trips set and and say tell me who you're going to match up with him because if you match up a safety he beats him on the first step with speed right. if you match him with yeah. a linebacker the linebacker is shaking in his boots he can't even get his hands on him so if you're going to try and match him with a linebacker you better have somebody over the top because you know he's going over the top on the linebacker before the linebacker takes a step almost. Right, yeah. And if you match him with one of the hybrids like Simmons or Owusu-Koromoa, 
Now he might overpower those guys. And more importantly, he's taller than they are. And his wingspan is, is, is larger than theirs. And so he can win 50-50s even against the special hybrid defenders who there aren't many, but those that are in the league are, are going to be really good. And so he's a, he's a matchup nightmare. He can run seams. He, he, he runs the whole route tree. I don't sense that he has the Edelman-style slam-bang, I, I don't care what kind of collision I get in in the middle of the field type of mentality. He's, he, if you put him out as a wide receiver, for you'll remember this, Rick, you may not, Scott. He's Boyd Dowler. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Right? Yes. Former Green Bay Packer. Caught a few passes from Bardstar. Yeah, I'm not sure Boyd weighed as much, but the body type is similar. He could do anything as a wide receiver. He was a hurdler as well. He was a national championship hurdler. Um, a, a colleague at one point in Carolina. Um, so... He's equally comfortable as, as a wideout. He's equally comfortable in the slot. If you want to put him attached, you can. And he becomes uh, semi-gronk, not baby gronk, semi-gronk, because he doesn't have the gronk, uh, the gronk bulk to him. And, and blocking attached would be a problem, but unattached, no. The only guy he might have a problem with is a linebacker, a big old you know, 254, 45-pound linebacker who might muscle him at the point of attack. But he'll still get in the way. And, uh, and, and I don't see a lot of him over the middle into, into doubles like you used to do with Edelman where you have somebody underneath him and somebody trying to collision him from the other side of the field. Um, but that, that's a very small thing. He, if you put him in the slot and you run him, you know, a near slot, what we call a nasty split, four yards, and have him run the scene, you just occupy both safeties and cover two. They're both, they're both attached to him, like they had strings attached <laughs> to their shoulder pads. Because <laughs> you can't let him run free down the seam. It's, it's, it starts there. So he, there, there are patterns called cover two breakers. He's a human cover to a break. Pretty good. That's going to be a fun second contract if he pans out. Yeah. Oh, I think he's the first ride receiver off the board. I think he'll he'll be before even before Devonta Jamar Chase. He'll he'll be the first guy taken because he is a you know the coordinators can't wait to get their hands on. Him. Yeah. Yeah. As you say, this this is sort of whether you want to call it generational or uh, uh, you know sort of just a change of the whole position. I mean, this is this is someone who that guys haven't experienced before, even playing in the NFL. To me, I mean, he's I, yeah, I, he's pretty special. Yeah, everybody always wanted to know what it would be like to see LeBron play tight end. We're getting a glimpse. <laughs> there of you him. go. <laughs> Although LeBron's LeBron's a little That's heavier, true. I think. A little heavier, a little taller, but it's a it's a small taste. Yeah. LeBron would take the Edelman hits. Yeah, he would. Yeah, he might give some out. <laughs> exactly. Okay. All right. Uh, on to Jalen Waddle. Okay. Jalen troubles me a little bit in the sense that he's 5'10", 182, and 
he's had some injuries. And this in, this last injury that he's had is pretty serious. Not that it can't heal, it can, but I don't know that he'll be 100% at camp time. But at 5'10", 182, I, I worry a little bit about whether he'll hold up. Now, he is explosive. He's dynamic. He's got good hands. Um, he played only six games this past year because of the injury. 28 catches, 591. An amazing 21.1 per catch. Um, by the way, the quarterback... <laughs> yeah, he could get it there a couple times. Somehow he's getting it there. <laughs> uh, just an aside there. Yes, exactly. Uh, uh, four touchdowns. So this is a guy with, with, with really amazing skills, but I worry whether or not he's going to hold up. And, and, you know, is he going to have the same issues injury-wise that Jerry Judy had? You know, a little bit on the smaller side here. Uh, not terribly so, but, but you worry about it a little bit. You worry about it a little bit. So he's probably a guy, he's, he's, he may be in the top 10, top 15, but I don't think he's, he's the first or second wide receiver off the board. And, and I, you know, there's a lot missing that we don't know, the intangibles. So I'd want to make sure that those were gold-plated before we said we can bring him in and make him a number one wide receiver. Right. Well, he, he certainly has a lot of talents, but Scott, the most important ability is? Availability. Exactly. So buyer beware, right, Bill? Well, I don't know that he's quite buyer beware, but but I, I'm, 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 I'd want to know. There's a lot more I need to know. He does have one red maybe on the card, though. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. All right. So I won't. I won't give him the caveat emptor then. Okay. Uh, all right. Um, let's see. Uh, how about uh, Mr. Marshall? Okay, Terrace Marshall from LSU. Uh, let me get the the six two two hundred. Uh, he's an early entry. Um, he, he's he's got really long arms. He's a big long guy uh, and his wingspan looks to me like it's it, it's it's quite good I don't have a measurement on it um, he, he's he's kind of a, uh, a a sort of a unrefined wide receiver who's got really good speed who can run by you uh, the hands look good he he looks to me like he's a bit of a developmental guy in the sense that he's not polished at this point in time, but there's a lot of good things in front of him if everything else that we don't know is top shelf. But, you know, think about this now. There's him, there's Jamar Chase, there's Jefferson, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> right? Joe Burrow, that's pretty good. Now, no Joe Burrow, no Jamar Chase. Numbers go down. <laughs> the numbers go down. Yeah. Hey, sure. the, right? the, the wingspan at the Pro Day was reported at 78 and an eighth. Okay, that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. So, you know, he, he's a guy with, with ability. 
I don't know that he's, uh, people are touting and the touts are talking about him as, as a high first round pick. I'm not sure. Do you have a, do you have a 40 on him or is uh, street rumors of a 40 or did he run one? I'll give you my uh, street rumor 40. So here we go. All right. So, uh, again, if, if you like, uh, there's something in the air this year where everybody either ran 438 or 439, or certain people ran 444. So, according to the, uh, to the interwebs, he's a 438. Did anyone witness this 438? <laughs> uh, I think the, uh, many people from the DIC were there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I mean, do we have the name of a live witness who saw this? Hence, these numbers did not go to you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, Scott has a way of pulling from the ether when pressed. Yeah. So he, he is very, very... When, when you ask for it, I will give it to you, but I will not give it to you independently. Okay. Not voluntarily. Okay. <laughs> That's right. All right. So here's somebody I think we do know a lot about. How about uh, Rashad Bateman? Yeah, Rashad Bateman is a, a real... Solid football player, 6'2", 210, so that's ideal body type. Um, the the uh, uh, 13 games this year, uh, 68 catches, 1,219 yards, 14.1 average, 10 touchdowns. What this tells you is a uh, – by the way, Terrace Marshall, seven games – 48 catches, 731 yards, 15-2 average, 10 touchdowns. In Terrace's case, 12% drop rate. So that is a big red number. Big red number. Um, uh, In Bateman's case, um, 1,219 yards, 14.1 average, 10 touchdowns. That tells you that he is a very solid professional receiver. The question here when I watch the film is speed. What is the speed? Is he going to be able, now with the body, he's going to be able to muscle some people. He's a good route runner. He's got good hands. I like all of that stuff. And I think he can, I think he can, um, Make a living in the National Football League because his hands are really good, and he know and he runs good routes, and he appears tough enough. Um, the question is, what's the speed? If it's four, if it's four five one, four five two, we're in business. We're in business. If it if it's if it's four five seven, then mm-hmm, you get a little you get a little antsy. But if the number's right, you like this guy. Yeah, if the number's right, I like him. Absolutely right. Yeah. But I don't see 439 either. I don't see it with my eyes. Just for the purposes of the show, the Ether number pre-show that we pulled up was 439. So, yeah. Yeah, That's right. So That's... I don't see that, very honestly. That's right. That's the, who are you going to believe? The ether or or Bill's lion eyes. Well, especially (laughs) the ether number on the next guy, Rick. Yeah. So, okay. So, let's talk Kadarius Tony. Okay, Kadarius Tony is a is a is, is a is a very interesting guy. Um, his he's six feet one seventy seven, so that's fine. Um, he's a senior, uh, so he's he's you know he's had a, a full college career. 
Um, he's really good after the catch. He can run with the ball. He's natural at it. Uh, decent route runner. Um, pretty strong guy. Um, I think I think he's he, he lacks polish as a route runner. Um, but that's true of many of the of the spread receivers. And um, so he again is a bit of a a bit of a work in progress. But if the if the 40 time was good enough, and it appears to be, uh, it, it looks like the speed is good enough, then uh, you'd say to yourself, okay, um, th- this guy has a chance. Um, this year he had uh, s- a- a 70 catches for 977 yards, 14-0 average, 10 TDs. So that, that, that says to you he's a middle-of-the-road college receiver. He's not Devonta Smith. He's not Jamar Chase. He's not Kyle Pitts. He's a kind of a middle-of-the-road solid receiver and and has a chance to make it in the league. And and, and I, I don't like the term one or two receiver, but I know what it connotes. And uh, it, so to me, he looks like he's got a chance to be a pretty solid two, which means you probably wouldn't take him in the first round. But but then, you know, who knows? If the number is if the if the numbers are good, both triangle and, and and 40, and they have, they both have to be good for a wide receiver. Um, Bateman, for example, his, his, the, they would both have to be really good based on what I've seen with my eyes. But in, in Tony's case, um, that, that combination, if it were good, I'd say, okay, you want them down there somewhere below 20, I'm all for that. How hard is it for a player like this where – the route running is not exactly where you want from a coaching perspective to get his route running better. Is that a really hard thing to coach yes. and improve? Unless he's a great worker. Yes. That's why I say the things we don't know and the things the gurus absolutely don't know are really what's this positive. What kind of a worker is he? What kind of drive does he have? What kind of intelligence does he have? What's his football intelligence? Uh, you know, is he willing to do all the things that are necessary to get the most out of his ability? How is he going to react when he comes up against somebody that whacks him right in the mouth and says, get out of here. You're not taking money out of my family's coffers. Yeah. Right. You know, th- 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 this, this, isn't, this isn't fraternity football. So he's, he, all those things we don't know uh, unless we see them with our eyes on the field. And there are very few guys where you can – where you can tell that. Yeah. All right. Here we go, my guy. This is your guy, Rondale Moore. Scott loves this guy, Bill. Bring him back down to earth if you need to. I love him. I love him, too. All I right. Love him too. There you go, Scott. There you go. But, Injuries. but, 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 but. Here we go. Five feet seven, 180. Here's the combination. Actually, he he wins the trifecta award. Here's why you love him. This is the receiver trifecta. 42940. Yep. Yep. 668 <laughs> three cone. 43-inch vertical. Okay. Woo! <laughs> That's why you love him. 
and a freshman year tape that is scintillating. Exactly right. The problem is that he's been hurt and out essentially for the last two years. He lit the world on fire as a freshman, but he just hasn't been able to get on the field. By the way, he also had two return TDs. So what you say to yourself is, uh, we're both, he's, he's not quite a son yet. He might be an adoptive son because we're not right. sure. Right, right. Scott, you and I, we're not quite sure, you know, if we want to bring him into the family <laughs> full scale. But I'd like to have him come over for a little while. Yeah, if you want to have him come over for dinner, right? And, and so we're going to say, where on the board do we want to put him? Because we'll use him as a return man, if nothing else. So where do you want to put him on the board? The place these guys usually go, because he has a big hole in him, which is injuries, size and injuries, is the third round. This is what the guys with blemishes, be they big or small, usually go in the third round. This feels like a guy you even trade up for at the beginning of the third round. Well, you know, you want to make him your son. And there's every reason, there's every reason to do so. Well, and some of it this year was the way they used him at Purdue was nuts. I mean, he had so many plays behind the line of scrimmage. It was just, it was like, give him the ball and let's see what happens. It's, yeah, I I just. But, you know, you're right. But, you know, at the same time, Bill, I mean, when I looked at he's very physical. I mean, he's willing to, I mean, he 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 and That's why he gets hurt. Yeah, well, because he's got that he's got that Steve Smith nasty streak. Exactly, he's got, yeah. he does, he does. Yeah, I mean, when they take him on on the line, he fights his way off. Oh yeah. Aside, from, you know, aside from his speed, Scott, I, if you actually got your dream job as an NFL GM, I don't think you could wait for to the third round for this. No, I I know knowing myself well enough, this is a this is a Bob Sanders situation. This. And two other guys in this draft, I'm going to move some mountains to go get. If, if Bill Parcells was the coach, he'd be grabbing you by the collar and hauling you out of the room. Yes. No, I know. <laughs> All right. Um, but they, 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 we've identified the problem. Where do you put Rondell on the board? Yeah. You know, where do you yeah. put him? That's the hard part. Because if the injury thing's not there... This is this is a very scary player. But but the first of all, you don't know if he's going to pass the physical number one and number two. The injury history really causes you to to, to say, oh, yeah, yeah, you know. All right, um, Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore is the same guy. Uh, you know, five nine. Uh, let me get the weight here. The the weight. I I don't have the weight. Uh, I got five nine. I got a four three five uh forty six. One seventy eight. One seventy eight, okay. Uh, so that's a red number. Five nine's a red number. Uh four three five, beautiful. Six six six. I question that. Yeah. I question that. Um but I see shake and bake, so I'm I'm not worried about it if it's uh you know, if it's Six eight four, I don't worry about it either. I mean, he he qualifies. Um, eight games this year, eighty six catches, eleven hundred and seventy three yards, thirteen point nine, eight touchdowns. Now he's getting he's getting a lot of 
guru push. But at 13.9, that, that's not that's not knock your eyes out numbers, you know, for a little guy. So is he exciting? Does he have shake and bake? You bet. Does he have speed? You bet. Does he have good hands? Good enough. Does he run good enough routes? Yes, he does. Um, I don't see uh, I don't see any statistics that talk about him in the run game in the uh, kicking game, so he may not do that. But uh, this is an offense where, like um, like our guy from Purdue, he's used as, as a gimmick guy in a lot of ways. You know, speed uh, sweeps and so on and so forth. Um, so. You know, I question where you're going to use him. It's going to have to be as a slot, have to be as a sort of a gimmick guy. And where do you put him on the board? I I, I don't know where you put him on the board. Uh, probably third round, fourth round. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. Yep. 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 Do I want the running back from Memphis before I want Elijah yep. Moore? Yes. They're probably the same player, really. And the other guy's bigger and stronger. Right. So just the, that's a discussion you'd have. That's a discussion you'd have. I definitely, I would take Rondale, absent the injury, of course, before I would take Elijah Moore. Yeah, 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 yep. But that's um, just me. No, yeah, makes sense. Uh, okay. Uh, let's talk Tutu Atwell. Tutu's, this is what I call my little guy, uh, my little guy. (laughs) Tiny, tiny. Yeah, this one's little, little. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tutu's 5'9", 165. The 5'9's not red, it's pink. 165 is glaring red. Um, nine games this year for 46 catches, 625, 13-6, seven touchdowns. Why those nine games? Was it injury or was it COVID? Uh, I don't, I don't know. Um, as a junior, COVID, COVID, they played nine. Yeah. Was he a contact or did he have it? No, no, no. It's just because of the way the ACC schedule Got broke it. and that kind of Got stuff. Got it. Um, as a as a, the previous year, thirteen games, seventy catches, twelve seventy six. 13-2, 12 touchdowns. So big numbers. Right. Big numbers. Big numbers, little guy. Little guy. Um, speed, explosion, uh, good route running ability, decent hands. Um, don't see him much in the return game. W- where do you want to put him? Probably third, fourth. Uh, if we get good numbers, and I, I would, I don't doubt that the numbers would be good, but without numbers, I can't tell you where where I, I would put him. Except that if you want a little guy, I'd probably take Rondell Moore. If I was going to take a chance on a little guy, it would be Rondell Moore. Yeah, big time. As a fo- as a football player, but but the injuries, of course, cause cause you agita. So that's the that's the little people. 
Uh, now I there are and there now are we guys. Save my favorite for last. Yes, it's just Scott is going to start salivating before I even say the name. His other guy, Diami Brown. Yeah, Diami Brown is uh, six feet uh, one ninety five. So that's six one one ninety five. That's fine. Eleven games, fifty five catches, ten ninety eight, twenty point eight, eight touchdowns. He can run. He's a good route runner. He catches the ball. He was playing with a quarterback who is not dynamic as a thrower, right. to say the least. And reckless. And uh, uh, and and with a, with a, with an offense that was heavily run oriented, as we saw. Uh, but this this is a guy that, if the numbers are good, should be a guy that's down in that bottom one mid two to bottom one range. And there are going to be people who love this guy, who say, I can't wait. I'm at 29. I'm at 30. I'm at 31. I'm at 28. I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm going to pull the trigger. Uh, or I'm at four or five in the second round, and I'm going to go up and pull the trigger. I'm not going to wait for him to fall down. Uh, because he is a very solid receiver. Assuming, of course, that everything else is okay, and, and we're, we're making that assumption, it's a huge one, and I you can't do anything but make it. Well, and the ethers got him at four four four. So if that's even remotely accurate, well, we've been hearing everybody in America runs four 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 for the last twenty years, right? So very true. <laughs> but you got to yeah. think if could he be the Justin Jefferson going in the twenties? Maybe he's in yes. Buffalo, maybe Green Bay. Yeah. He could be playing yeah. late into January. Yeah, he could. He's got the skills to do it. He's got the skills to do it. it keep in mind, to succeed, all of the stuff we're talking about is part of the draft process. To succeed in the league, a receiver must do three things. It, it, he, he's got to learn to release off press. He's got to separate, and he has to catch. And the catch has to be 95% in the NFL. Not 90, not 87, not he can take the top off the defense, Will Fuller, so we'll, we'll, we'll have an 85% catch right. rate. No, not, not in our system. Not in our system. Not with, Reggie Wayne wasn't that way. Marvin Harrison wasn't that way. Anthony Gonzalez wasn't that way. Yeah. Dallas Clark wasn't that way. You know, as Tom Moore famously said, we've got the most accurate passer in NFL history. Why do we want people to drop the ball? Right. So, the the, the 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 he's got to get off press, which can be learned, by the way. He's got to separate, which is hard to learn if you don't have the ability. If you don't have that ability to stop on a dime and separate at the top of the route, and he must catch. So. Uh, and he must catch in, in, in traffic. So that's what a receiver has to do. Uh, Diami shows you that, that he can do it. Uh, now, but, you know, the numbers, we have to have numbers before he, we could put him somewhere, except to say you like him. You like him a lot. And he comes from a program where you know he's well coached and, and you know that he's, he's learned how to be a, a football player. 
Very true. All right, transitioning to the tight ends. Here we go. All right, so so uh, otherworldly, Mr. Pitts aside, uh, Bill, when when you're looking for tight ends, you know, and you and you and you and you know, there's a lot of things you'd love them to be able to do. You know, post up and get you five on third and four. You know, go up the seam, go deep, catch the ball, get some yak, and then you know, actually be able to, to, to get down there, put his hand in the dirt and really block. Uh, how do you, at this point in the National Football League, how do you prioritize those things? Well, you, you, you prioritize um, speed, catching, route running, the ability to threaten coverage, especially down the seam, the ability to catch the ball. Mark Bavaro doesn't exist anymore. In fact, he, he probably would not make a lot of money in, in today's game. That's sacrilegious if you're a Parcells fan, as I am, but, the, but it's a right. fact. Yeah. Unless they played the football team with Joe Gibbs every week. Correct. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's exactly right. Yeah. And, and most people do not require the tight end the guy who's in there most of the time to do damage in the passing game to be an equally good blocker. Okay. As a matter of fact, I'm going to, you're going to have to help me on the name. Uh, the Notre Dame kid who came out last year, Cole Komet, Cole Komet, Chicago bears. Um, Cole Komet had a really nice year. He blocked like you'd expect him to block. He caught the ball like you'd expect him to catch it. He ran routes that he was capable of running, which are intermediate routes. So you're going to get with a player like Cole Komet, you're going to, if he's in there for three downs or two and a half downs, because he's out in two minutes and things like that, uh, you're going to get probably an 11 to 12 yard YPA from him, which is perfectly good enough. Uh, he, he should be good in the red zone. And I think he did all of that. And uh, certainly the games that I saw, he did. And uh, it took him maybe a third of the season to get comfortable. And then, and then, he, then he performed well. And I read a write-up uh, on the Bears that said, Cole Komet was a disappointment. He's not a factor in the passing game. Well, we knew that going in. Right? Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not a. He ain't Dallas Clark. No, you know he's just not. Yeah. So he's not John O. Smith. So you know, again, horses for courses. Yeah. What do you want? Right. If you want the complete tight end, who's going to average eleven yards a catch, and if you run a gap scheme, power attack, he's going to be the guy that'll that'll knock that that defensive end into next week. If if you if you want to run an overblock sweep with a defensive end over him, he'll hook him and knock him out of there, and he and he'll catch the ball. And you know if you want that, which very few teams do, he's your guy. If you don't, what you do is you take him. You take the receiver first, and then you and 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 you get a blocking tight end and and and. That's what you do. You, you bifurcate the position. Nobody plays Mark Bavaro anymore. So 
the first guy we're going to talk about after Pitts, who's in another in another stratosphere, yes, is uh, Pat Frymuth, Penn State, six five two fifty one. I don't have any other numbers on him because he's hurt. He's got a shoulder injury, which was operated on. He played four games this year, had 23 catches, 310 yards, 13.5 average. Um, in the previous year, he played 13 games, 43 catches, 517 yards, 18.8 uh, average, which is great, seven touchdowns. Um, if you remember Gasicki from Penn State, who's now doing quite well, uh, this is... Uh, not a poor man's Gasicki, but a less fluid version of Gasicki. Of Gasicki, he's a little, a little more of a power guy than Gasicki was. Not quite the, um, not quite the smooth route runner that, despite Gasicki's real long body, he was a pretty smooth route runner. And I don't know what his what his um, wingspan is. Gasicki's was really outstanding, and Gasicki had outstanding hands. Pat does too. Um, he'll make as an athletic tight end in the league. Um, I don't know what the run numbers are, and we won't know. Well, I, you'd have to estimate it off the tape, but it looks to me like it's good enough. Um, wh where he falls because of the injury remains to be seen. It's a shoulder injury, which uh, they, he says um, that he'll be, the doctors tell him he'll be ready for training camp. Um, I'd want to hear that from the doctor before you, made a final decision on where to put him. But he will play in the league and I think play pretty well. There we go. See, the notes were right. He's Mike G, but maybe he can block a little bit. Yeah, well, I hope his shoulder heals. Uh, okay, so let's go to Tommy Tremble. Um, Tommy Tremble, this is this is a son for me. Um, and I won't recuse myself because I've seen <laughs> a lot of him. Uh, he's 6'4", 248. Uh, played 12 games this year, had 19 catches for 218 yards, 11.5 average, no TDs. But this is a Pro Bowl fullback waiting to happen. I mean, he is a blocking fool on the run. He can, he can take you on the run and knock you into the nickel seats. He loves doing it. He can log. He can pull and kick out. He can drive block. He, he can do it all. He can catch the ball, as we know. He's a decent, if crude, route runner. He has to learn how to do that. But as a fullback, you don't, you don't have to run many real sophisticated routes. A lot of it is just waggle away. You're in the flat. He can turn up and run with the football. He's an excellent, excellent special teams player, having been well coached on the special teams at Notre Dame and been a contributor there since the day he got there. And uh, uh, this guy's going to make somebody a wonderful, wonderful fullback or wingback or whatever else you want him to be. What about an H-back? In my mind, in watching him, this is a guy Joe Gibbs would have loved. Loved him, absolutely. To play H-back. Yeah. I mean, they would have yeah. raced the card up. Yeah. He's a little bit, sh he's a little bit short at 6'4". You might want him at, you know, 6'5". But... Uh, yeah, he he would he's ideal. I mean, he feels like Chris Cooley. Yeah, yeah. He he's he's San Francisco's guy. He's the same guy. Yeah. 
Cheers. He's the same guy. Exactly. Exactly. And and Bill, how um, how commonly is that actual position looked for? I mean, the fill, the fullback you were describing. Well, you don't look for him. But here's the here's the thing he gives you. You start him out as an H back, as an F. In, in the Indianapolis system, he would be called an F. Because on paper he lines up as the fullback, but you put him at a wing. You put him as the second tight end. You put him a little bit in a nasty split. And then once they once they do blitz pickup in camp, all of a sudden the offensive backfield coach is going to be having lunch with him every day. And, and then he's going to be going to the coordinator and say, how about, how about if, we, if we put a lead play in? Huh? ISO. How about ISO? Yeah, right. Yeah. Right, right. How about, we, how, how about if we run ISO at the weak linebacker? Right, with Tommy as the fullback. Yeah, <laughs> and and what and once you get him in there, you're not getting him out. That's exactly right. Yeah, and the special teams coach wants him on every special team. Yes, yes. So yeah, he he's he's he, the question is where do you draft him? And I would say if you if you can fit him in all the various roles that he can play, I wouldn't hesitate in the bottom of the second. Certainly high in the third. Certainly high in the third. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Brevin Jordan. Uh, Brevin Jordan's uh, 6'3", 245. He's much more of an athletic tight end than, than well, he's not as big, obviously, as tall as Friar Muth. Uh, uh, but he's an athletic tight end. Uh, eight, eight games, 38 catches, 576 yards. 15.2 average, which tells you he can go get the ball and he can go get it downfield, seven touchdowns. Like his route running ability, like the hands, um, as an athletic tight end, uh, he, he's he's going to make a team. Assuming all the other things are good, he'll make a team and, and contribute. All right. And uh, and I guess last, this, this would be in the draft, this would be our Mr. Irrelevant for the day, Hunter Long. Well, Hunter Long is, if you want the, the, the kind of old-fashioned tight end, uh, which Boston College grows on trees, by the way. They, right, they, right, right, right. Boston College is, Notre Dame is tight end you, so is Boston College. Um, he, he's 6'5", 253, 4'6", 7'4", cone, 33 vertical, which tells you that he's got to be a blocker yeah, because right. he's not the... The, the nifty guy that these other fellas are. Uh, but he's got 11 games, 57 catches, 685, 12.0 average, eight touchdowns. He will block you. He can do all the things you want a tight end to do. He's a decent route runner, good hands, solid guy. Um, if, if, you, if you need a good, solid, uh, productive, traditional tight end, this is your guy. Now, I'm going to give you, uh, Hunter was not our last guy. He was certainly not Mr. Irrelevant. Ooh, here we go, bonuses. But I'm going to I'm going to give you some. You know that wasn't meant literally. Bill's pulling an audible today. Yes, he is. Yeah, I'm going to give you some, some sleepers. Okay? All right. Uh, many of them fall into the little guy category. So Dwayne Eskridge, Western Michigan. 5'9", solid 190, 
34 catches, 786 yards, 23.1 yard per catch, eight touchdowns. His name will be called probably the second day. Those are big numbers. Jalen Darden, North Texas, obviously lower level of a comp now. This is not this is not power five. 5'8, 174. Card carrying member of the little guy club. All right. <laughs> 446, 666. Now the 666 is very suspect. Very suspect. But as I say, if it's 68, it's still good. Um and 74 catches, 1,190 yards, 18.1, amazingly 19 touchdowns. So a very productive little guy. Um, Shy Smith, South Carolina. Now, this is not a lower level of comp. This is a guy we've all seen a lot of. 5'9", 186. So he's a put-together little guy. This, he's, not a, he's not a card-carrying little guy. He's, a, he's, a, right. he's just a short guy. Um, Honorary member. Yes. 443-683, 36 vertical. Outstanding triple combination. Somebody's going to say, I don't care how good a route runner he is. I'm not, uh, not going to lose any sleep over uh, the hands. This is a, a big-time combination. So uh, he, he's a guy to keep an eye on. Um, this guy, uh, I have not seen film on, but the numbers blow you away. Th- these are numbers similar to the kid from Mississippi that, that lit it up at Seattle, except right. that they weren't done at the combine. Yeah. So, I mean, we don't know that these numbers are real, but if they're even close to real, they're amazing. Simi. Fesco from Stanford, 37 catches, 574 yards, 15.5 and three touchdowns. Now, their passing game wasn't great until Mills got in there, and Mills only played five games. So there's, there's, a, there's a whole bunch of question marks around this. But listen to these numbers. 6'3", 222. Yeah. That's Metcalf. Yes. Yeah, that's Batman. 4'4", 686. Oh. I don't have a vertical, but I'm betting it's uh, it's pretty good. So yeah. this is a guy to keep your eye on. And and I'm sure plenty of people, I know plenty of people have their eyes on him. And then the final one is a guy that um, I think suffered. We've seen a lot of him, too. I think he suffered because Auburn's offense was so bad and the quarterback was just very average, to say the least. Anthony Schwartz, six feet, 186, 426, don't have a triangle, 32-inch vertical, which is not, it's, uh, you know, <laughs> 54 catches, 635 yards, 18.5 average, three touchdowns. Now, he's not Simi from Stanford. He's more like a middle-of-the-road kind of guy, although the 426 is amazing. Yeah, but uh, I, I'd want to see the triangle, and it isn't there. And the thirty-two tells me that he's not that that to beware of the four-two-six. Yeah, right. Those, those they don't match up. Yeah. Um, 
Well, he was a big track guy, wasn't he, Bill? He was a track guy. Yes, he was. Yeah, yep. yeah. So he may be a straight line speedster, right? Um, but um, the plyometric should be that really doesn't quite make sense. So uh, yeah, uh, but but he's but he's a guy. He's a guy to watch. So here's five receivers, all of whom, uh, you know, have the have the qualities that tell you. Uh, first of all, when you see the numbers, let's go back and look at the tape. Assuming that the numbers are right, that's a big assumption. Let's find out about the guy. Let's find out about Dwayne Eskridge. Let's find out about Jalen Darden, even though he's he, he's tiny. You know, eighteen point one per catch is good in in in, in, in Division three, much less North right. Texas. So and and Simi from Stanford, number one, you know he's smart. Exactly, exactly <laughs> you know, right. Uh, th- those numbers are are pretty amazing. Uh, and so these are guys that they're not, they're not climbing up draft boards. They're not rising up and not coming out of the ether. But when I saw the numbers, um, I'm, presu- you know, we're a month to six, to six weeks behind. I'm sure when the, the numbers came in, in early March, the scouting directors said, Hey, let's go. Let's go take a look at these guys a second time to be sure we know what we're we're talking about here. Well, there you go. It's a show first. Bill pulling an audible on exactly. us. That was bonus coverage, baby. Bonus coverage. Look at that. You're getting it all today. All right, gang. Well, that is our show for today. As always, we'd love to thank our sponsor, Bet Online. If you have players, sleepers, people you want us to cover in future episodes, hit us up on Twitter at IFBillPolian. I think we're going to some big guys next week. I think so. There's some, some guys who like to put their hands down and battle it out in the trench. All right, gang. Thank you. Thanks, right. everybody. We'll see you. Take care. Hang in there. Stay safe. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.